the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for tuning in today to KSLR. This is AM 630. And you're listening to The Word in South Texas. My name is Mark Longoria. I'm the Director of Ministry Development here at uh, the radio station. And uh, this particular program is called The Church of the Week. We've decided to uh, produce this program to give you, our listeners, an idea of some of the different uh, ministries we have here within our community. We're so grateful that you're tuning in and getting your Bible teaching here from this radio station, AM 630 KSLR. However, uh, we want to encourage you to go to a local church uh, in your community, in the city somewhere, and get to know the pastor, make him your pastor, make him your teacher, and uh, and get to know the people that make up that particular church, uh, your own brothers and sisters in Christ, so that you can have a network of people that can pray for you and can encourage you and can lift you up when you're down, and, and people that you can pour into as well, using your own spiritual gifts in uh, in the local church. So once again, we're we're grateful that you're tuning in. But our idea today uh, with this program uh, is to introduce uh, you to uh, one of the local churches uh, so that you can get to know what they're about and uh, give you an opportunity to uh, meet the pastor here on air. And um, uh, hopefully by the end of this week uh, or in midweek, you can go out there and visit them at their church. Today we have in the studio Pastor Jose Rodriguez. He is a pastor at Embassy Church International here in San Antonio. They're located off of uh, Old Highway 90 West, so if you're out in that area, or even if you're not, even if you're clear across town, but uh, as you tune in and, and listening to his vision and, and uh, what he's got to say about the ministry, and uh, if it clicks with you and the Holy Spirit prompts you, then go on uh, go on across the city and uh, go out there and visit with him. So Pastor Jose, thank you so much for joining us today in the studio. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Absolutely. Uh, why don't we uh, just talk about you yourself, just tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from. I know you're an honored veteran, and uh, just kind of give us an idea of how you ended up where you are today. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm 41 now, so it's uh, it's quite a bit of a story, but it, I grew up uh, I grew up here in San Antonio. I grew up in the west side of San Antonio, so, you know, I was, I was in all that crazy life, and mm. um, I joined the Navy when I was 18, came out came back to my old ways, you know, and just went back to the streets and it was into the drugs. Uh, I was doing drugs, dealing drugs, you know, just doing a whole bunch of no good. Mm. And, uh, at the age of 25, I was really, I was ready to kill myself. You know, on my 25th birthday, I thought I was going to kill myself. And, um, the following day I had everything planned out. Uh, I wasn't going to wake up anymore. And, uh, somehow, supernaturally, the Lord just took me to his Bible study. He saved my life. And, and I remember vowing to him that day. I said, you know, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you the rest of my life. I'll do anything that you want me to do. And and I've been living for him ever since. It was, that was uh, June 13th of 1996 when uh, when I got saved the day after my birthday. A lot of people think that pastors are groomed. They grow up in church. They're 
there end up being the Bible teacher at, over at the Sunday school, and they end up being the youth minister, and then they end up being the pastor, and just you're kind of groomed from as a child. But uh, in your case, is very different. And um, tell us t- what what got you to the place of uh, uh, planning out your own suicide. You know, I, I was just tired. Um, I just turned 25. Uh, 25, the June 12th of 96, I turned 25, and I looked at my life, and I had a lot of blurred memories and uh, just a lot of things that I was not happy with. Mm. I was not a happy person, and uh, I was disappointed with my life. I figured, you know, I've had a good run. Uh, this is it. At uh, 25. Just, at 25. You know, yeah. it sounds crazy. Yeah. You know, now I look back, and I said, 25, God, I didn't know anything. Yeah. But, you know, at that point, it seemed like the world was caving in on me. I was unsatisfied. Uh, I, was, I wasn't satisfied with anything that was going on in life. And, and I just figured, <clears throat> I just figured, you know, my, my, the only chance I have, the only choice I have is just to end it. You know, people will be better without me. This world will be better without me. Did you feel you were a burden to people? I did. Yeah? I did. I felt I was a burden. Um you know, my life wasn't good. You know, I was drinking too much. I was doing drugs too much and um, just felt like like a burden, you know, for lack of a better term. I guess that's the best one. I, I would assume today uh, as this program airs that there's got to be somebody that the Holy Spirit is tugging in their heart because they find themselves in that place where they feel they're a burden. They feel they're a loser. They feel that. You know, they're just they're, their life is going to turn out to nothing and uh, are thinking along the same lines of, you know, why even live? There's really no reason. There's no purpose mm-hmm. for me to continue. So let me just take my life. What what would you say to somebody that's tuning in right now that uh, is in that that very predicament? You know, it's never over. You know, one, one of my uh, personal uh, quotes, I guess, now is that, that I always tell people, I said, if you don't give up, eventually you can stumble into success. You know, so that's one of the things that I that I always tell people is they just don't give up, don't be a quitter. You know, I I was never a quitter, and and really that day I felt that I was going to quit, and somehow the Holy Spirit just got a got a hold of me. But you know, to to the listeners, I just have to tell them, you know, it's it's not over. Mm-hmm. You know, God hasn't given up on you. You know, the enemy wants you to think that this is it. The enemy wants you to think that this is as far as you're going to get. But, you know, with God, all things are possible. There's so many more opportunities. You know, the Bible tells us that God has a good plan for us, plans to prosper us and to give us a good future. The enemy doesn't want us to realize that plan. He doesn't want us to realize our purpose. So he's going to lie to us and tell us this is as good as it's going to get. You know, so you're not a burden to anyone. The Bible tells us that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's a God who's always there for you. You know, if we just call on him, he'll be there. Amen. Amen. So how does God take uh, this young man from the West Side that's doing drugs, that's dealing drugs, that's, uh, that's thought about committing suicide and completely transform him to the man that you are today as a pastor, as an apostle? How, do, how does that transition even happen? Wow. <laughs> that, that's a loaded question, you know, and I think that's a question that only God can answer because I've often asked the same question. I said, God, why, why would you even look at me? Uh, why would you even consider me? And uh, and one of the scriptures that that the Lord always brings to mind is that He'll take the foolish things of the world right. to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, at first, I was like, "Wow, is God calling me foolish?" 
and, and then I then I realized, you know, it doesn't matter. He's God. That's right. You know, and uh, instead of getting offended over being foolish, you know, it, it becomes somewhat of an honor. Mm-hmm. Is that I'll be foolish for the Lord anywhere. That's right. And, uh, you know, because he'll use the foolish things. Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm foolish, you know, he'll he'll use me. He'll use me for his glory, for his kingdom. And, you know, really that that's what I want to do. I want to be able to to be a positive example. Uh, I want to be able to help people uh, come out of, of situations, of difficult situations. I, I call it the Moses principle, mm. you know, because in order for Moses to be able to be the deliverer of, of the Israelites, he first had to get out. No one else in the whole group was qualified. Mm-hmm. You know, the scriptures don't tell us if anyone else left and survived, but it does tell us that Moses left and he survived. Yeah. So when he came back, he had experience already. It is possible. We can leave and we can survive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just going to be a bigger group, but it is possible. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I came out of, of a life of alcohol, of drugs, of abuse. And it, there's a lot of people that may be there that think, well, you know, what am I going to do? Maybe they're with an abusive hus- husband, an abusive relationship. You know, in, in a in a situation that really feels and seems like that's as good as it's going to get, they can't survive without that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm here to tell you that you know, it, it there is something better. Yeah. You know, it, there's plenty of people out there that have come out, uh, come out of drugs, come out of you know the oppressions, of mm-hmm. depressions, of abusive relationships, uh, of homosexual lifestyles. You know, there's plenty of people that have come out of that. And now have come back and tell you there is a better way. Yeah, there is a better way, and the better way, of course, is with God. Amen. That's right. So you're a young man. You're 25 years old. You you're at the verge of suicide. The, the Holy Spirit convicts you. You now come to the foot of the cross. You give your life to Christ, and uh, I'm sure that at that particular moment you weren't thinking you're going to end up pastoring a church. So from, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But take us from that point where you receive Christ. At what point did you realize? God had a calling on your life to pastor. Wow. You know, I, I never even thought of it. I, I never even thought of it. I just knew that I wanted to serve him. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to do. I, I didn't know about any titles or pastors or, or anything. I just thought people loved the Lord and they served him. Yeah. You know, however it was, that, you know, I, I, I didn't have any of that church ethics or, you know, the churchiology. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't have any of that. I just I just came out. And uh, wanted to serve him, mm-hmm. so I wanted to learn more about the Word. I wanted to learn more about the Bible. So I enrolled at a Bible school uh, here, uh, LABI, Latin American Bible Institute. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, so affiliated with the Assemblies of God. So, right. so I went there, and um, you know, I, I met a couple of people there, a couple of professors. And uh, eleven months later, um, I, I'm at home. I'm, I'm a bit frustrated because you know I really want to live for the Lord. I really want to do so much for Him, and I haven't done anything. Mm. Or I, at least I feel I haven't done anything in 11 months. I'm going to Bible school and haven't done much. So I, I'm praying, and, you know, I'm there in my room, and I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, if you're not going to use me, then I'm going to go back to what I was. I said, because I, I just can't live like this. I need to do something for you. And of course, you know, I, I often tell people, I said, you know, I probably didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, but, but, but you know, it's one of those things that you just kind of throw out there, you know, and I, I probably didn't mean it, and. And I said, well, you know, in Jesus' name, and I finished praying. And as soon as I finished praying, you know, I, I told the Lord, I said, I don't want to hear, you know, anybody. I, 
want to hear you. Mm -hmm. I want to hear you tell me. I don't want to hear a knock on the door or a thunder or anything. I want to hear you. So I say amen, phone rings. I pick up the phone, and first thing that comes out of the speaker is Jose Rodriguez. And I thought, oh, my, this is God. You know, because I just finished praying, and (laughs) here the phone rings, and first thing I hear is Jose Rodriguez. Yeah. And I was I was a bit afraid, and I said, uh, yes? Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, listen, this is Professor so-and-so, and say, hey, you know, my our youth pastor at our church left, and we wanted to interview you and see if you were interested. That quick. Wow. Immediately, you know, so I, I went, got the interview, had this boldness that come over me, and mm-hmm. I told the pastor, listen, God wouldn't waste your time. He wouldn't waste my time. I'm here for a reason, and I'm, I'm going to be the youth pastor. So the pastor said, okay, you know, let, let me pray about it with the staff and uh, we'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, I'm hired on as the youth pastor there. And uh, then, you know, I helped a friend of mine. We started a, a church together. After about a year of starting that church, uh, my wife and I started our church in our living room. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nobody there. I just had a, a vision, a hope to to be able to transform San Antonio and to be able to reach a lot of people. And my wife and I started in our living room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nobody there. First service we had, two people walked in, uh, and uh, we had our first service. And then after that, our whole congregation went on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> All two people went yeah, on vacation. Yeah, they they told us, listen, you know, we love the church. You know, we wanna we wanna join you, uh, but next week we go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> She'd ask, can we go with you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we'll have church over there. So, you know, for the next couple of weeks, it was just me. You know, I'd open the door. No one would show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife was there. She was, what are we going to do? And I said, well, start singing. So she started singing, and I would preach to her and mm-hmm. collect her tithe. And and I go to my room. And I say, Lord, did I miss this? Mm-hmm. You know, am I not doing what you want me to do? Uh, that was, you know, about... 14 years ago, back in 1999, mm-hmm. you know, and, and here we are now. Um, you know, the church has progressed. Uh, the church is doing uh, better now, and, you know, God, God has been faithful through all that. Amen. That's awesome. You've been listening to Pastor Jose Rodriguez, pastor of uh, Embassy Church International. Uh, if you want to find out more information about them, you can always go online at myembassy.org. Uh, if you'd like to go by and pay them a visit, you can do so this Sunday at 9 a.m., or on Thursday at 7 p.m. They're located at 1014 Old Highway 90 West here in San Antonio. That's in the uh, 78237 zip code. Uh, or if you'd like to get a hold of Pastor or uh, someone else on staff and uh, find out some more information about the church themselves, you can call them at 210-682-8100. Well, Pastor, tell us about uh, Embassy. What's going on at uh, Embassy Church? Tell us about the culture. Tell us about the people, the different ministries you've got, the, your outreach, your vision of everything having to do with uh, with the church itself. Well, you know, we, uh, we're we an English-speaking church, uh, of course. Uh, we we um, Our church is made up of young couples, young families. And in those young couples, those young families, their parents go there as well. So, so we have a lot of children. We have, a, a, you know, a few youth, and, and we have a lot of young married couples. And then their parents that are going there, we... Uh, we're a contemporary church. Uh, we we like to we like to be vibrant in our in our worship. Uh, you know, we sing, we clap our hands, we raise our hands. We, you know, we we just enjoy uh, being in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we preach out of the Bible. You know, I, I know it's uh, it's strange to say, you know, what what does your church preach about? Well, you know, and nowadays, you know, it seems like we almost have to qualify that. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a shame, but you know, we we do we do preach from the Bible. Um, um would you would consider a mix of a Pentecostal, charismatic, and mm-hmm. Reformed? You know, I just kind of get a little bit, a little bit of everything, yeah. and uh, and just go. Um, you know, we we allow the Spirit of the Lord just to flow. What's kind of your style of uh, of teaching or preaching? Do you uh, do you uh, are you more topical, or do you just kind of like to go more verse by verse, or what, what's your style? You know, I do a lot of expository preaching. I've done topical themed uh, mm-hmm. preaching. You know, one of the things you know at times. We take a theme and we we discuss that theme for for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, at other times, you know, I'm I'm more of an expository uh, preacher. You know, it, one of the things that I'm doing now is I went back to um, to the Bible college that uh, that I started at at LABI. They called me the president. There's a good friend of mine, and he called me and asked me if I would help him. Uh, so now I'm teaching uh, at the Bible College. I Great. teach uh, hermeneutics there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the Bible College on Mondays. And so, you know, that kind of gears me to do more expository yeah. <laughs> yeah. ministry. So I'll, I'll take a scripture and, and just pull, pull you know, everything that we can from it. Uh, you know, what was happening then, how it applies now, and how it helps us, you know, to live uh, a, a righteous and holy life for the Lord today. Mm-hmm. What's your passion today that keeps you going? Because I know, I know personally in ministry, there's a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs, and sometimes the downs are really way down. But what what has been your passion to kind of keep you keep that just keeps thrusting you forward in the vision that God has given you for the ministry? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the as you say, there's uh, there's peaks, there's valleys uh, with the economy the way that it is. You know, I've been in full time ministry for about fifteen years, mm-hmm. and just totally depending on on the Lord, and, you know, we were in full-time ministry, and, and here over the last couple of years, we, we've had some really lows because of just the financial economy. It it, yeah. it really it affected, affected the church, yeah. yeah, it affected the church, and so, you know, it, the we took a pay cut, and, you know, the we didn't get paid for, for quite some time, and, um, you know, we lost our home, we lost our vehicles. As a matter of fact, you know, just this past May, I didn't know where I was going to live. Mm-hmm. So we moved into a two-bedroom apartment. And, you know, there, th- we were there, um, and I've ha- I had that question asked, you know, what, what keeps you going? Yeah. And, uh, and I have to say, you know, it, it's my wife, number one. It's my wife. It's my children. You know, I can't show my children uh, quitting. Mm-hmm. I don't have a quit in me because I have people that depend on me. Yeah. I have my wife and my children depend on me. And I had gone back to school after some time, you know, so I got my bachelor's. I'm getting my master's right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, master's in theology. And um, so I figured, you know, I have enough qualifications to get a job. So there from May on, you know, I I was applying at different places and got nothing. Mm-hmm. Got nothing, and I I remember just going to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you know, I'm giving up. I said, I have no idea what else you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got this opportunity at uh, at this place where I'm working now, and, you know, we one of the things that people have asked me there says, you know, what keeps you doing what you're doing? And I said, you have to define your why, mm-hmm. your purpose, 
You know, if you know why you do what you do, you know, you can forget about everything else that's falling apart. You forget about the peaks and you forget about the valleys. Yeah. Once you know why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, you found your purpose. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what keeps me going is, is I define my why. Mm-hmm. And my why is my wife. My why is my children. Yeah. And my why is my desire to serve the Lord. Yeah. Someone someone might say with an analytical mindset them, that maybe they don't understand ministry. Maybe they would come to you at, at such a time or they go to their friends at such a time and say, you know what? If it is your wife, if it is your children, then leave the ministry. Go. You've got a degree. Go get a, a job somewhere out in the secular world where you can climb up the corporate ladder and just do that. And you're still going to be fulfilling your purpose of your wife and your children. Um, why stay in ministry? It's also a commitment. You know, the, the Lord didn't have to save me. The Lord didn't have to renew me. He didn't have to cleanse me, but he yeah. did. He did it because he loved me. And, and I remember making that commitment to him. I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. And, you know, in, but further, more than that is when you have a call, yeah. when, when God places a call upon your life, there's nothing else you can do. That's right. You know, there's, you can, you may be able to be successful somewhere else, but you're not going to be fulfilled inside. In fact, if I remember correctly, you have a you have quite a testimony where yeah, a drowning situation. Yes. Why don't you tell us that real quick? That because I, I I know that that just kind of reaffirms and uh, your commitment to God. You know, the a few years ago we were baptizing some people and it had rained a lot back in '03, and uh, we had told the church you know we're canceling it. And well, anyways, you know the, there was a family there kid jumps in you know a couple of kids jump in they they're drowning so the, the mom's yelling so i jump in uh to try and save them and i got them out and when i went back for one of my you know because we had two guys that jumped in from the church and they were drowning too so i went back got one of them out when i went back for the last one i went up you know just to regain my composure and the the current caught me the undertow caught me mm-hmm. and, you know and the doctors say that i was without oxygen for 20 minutes wow uh, you know and um uh, but I remember when I was down there, one of the times when I went down and there was a voice mocking me, laughing at me, saying, mm-hmm. you gave your life to him and look, he's letting you die now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember speaking to the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, my wife was expecting our fourth child at the time. I said, if you can get me out of this, I said, I- I'm going to go and finish everything you've called me to do. Wow. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, a good shepherd lays down his life. Mm-hmm. So I thought... I'm going home. This is it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going home. This is it. Uh, next thing I know, you know, they're waking me up. And um, so he brought me out of that, and um, supernaturally he brought me out of that. I was going to need a kidney transplant mm-hmm. and dialysis the rest of my life. The Lord healed me. Wow. Uh, not one episode of dialysis, no kidney transplant. Matter of fact, the doctors told me that my kidneys are better now than they were before. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Lord is faithful. And, yes, he um, is. He brought me out of that, you know, because another commitment, I said, I'm going to go and finish what you've called me to do. Yeah. So the enemy will try you when you make commitments. Like, he'll try. He's like, oh, really? Well, take mm-hmm. this and see if you can still hold on to those words. But, uh, well, of course. Yeah. That's but, his job. You know, his yeah. job is to try and make us eat our words. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want us committed. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're thankful. San Antonio is thankful. I'm sure your church is thankful that you've uh, clung on to those words and that promise, that commitment to God, because you're, 
you're an asset to uh, the army of God. You're uh, what you're doing and the ministry there at uh, Embassy Church and the people there that make up this congregation. Uh, you guys form part of the Church of San Antonio, and strategically, God has placed you there along with all of these other churches across the city to together take the city uh, for Christ. So, uh, just kind of in closing, I want to uh, I want to go over uh, how people can get a hold of you again and things like that. But before that, I just would like for you to take an opportunity to make an invitation. We've, we're on the air. We've got uh, people listening all over San Antonio. And so why don't you tell them, uh, tell them a little bit about, uh, about how they can come by and, uh, and get a hold of you guys and visit you on a, on a Sunday or a Thursday. Yeah. Well, you know, San Antonio, if you don't have a place to worship, if you don't have a place that you can call home as your church, we invite you to come over. We would love to have you as part of our family there at Embassy Church International. Uh, we're at the corner of uh, Old Highway 90 and 40th, just down the street from the food bank. Uh, we are a contemporary church. We love to sing gospel and Hillsong-type songs. and uh, we, we have nursery. We have a children's church. Uh, we have a lot of ministries. You know, We are a growing church, so if you want to serve the Lord, this is a great place that you can come and serve with us and grow with us. Uh, here, you know, we... Our services are Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. So please call us uh, at 210-682-8100 so that you can get more information. Or go to our website at www.myembassy.org. Uh, here this past September 23rd, we started a Spanish church. My friend from Spain is moving his family over here from Spain. After about 25 years of ministry in Spain, he's coming to join us here. And we're setting him as the pastor. Uh, we set him as a pastor. And September 23rd, we started our Spanish service at 2 p.m. there. So if you're looking for Spanish, come and join us at 2 p.m. on Sundays. If you're looking for English, Sunday mornings at 9 and then Thursday evenings at 7 p.m., we would love to have you be part of our family. Uh, come by. You know, and when you're there, make it a point to spend a couple minutes and, uh, uh, so that I can meet you. So that my wife and I can shake your hand and thank you personally for attending our church. Uh, you know, let's do something great for the Lord in San Antonio. We can't do this without you. So if you can't join us, do pray for us. You know, pray for our city. That the Lord, uh, that the Lord would just um, shower this place with his power. Amen. Well, Pastor, we want to thank you very much. We bless you and your family and your ministry. May you guys just continue to go forward and do what God has called you to do. For his glory. Pastor Mark, thank you so much for having me here. All right, you bet. Everybody else, continue listening here to AM 630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.